Good morning, comrades. You are listening to WHIVLP New Orleans 102.3. This is Good Morning Comrade. Jeff in the studio. We have a very special guest. Their name is Billy Nix. Billy, how are you doing today? I'm doing well today. Can you, you can hear me? Yeah, pull it down, put it right by your mouth, talk directly oh, into okay, it. Okay, cool. All right. Yes, I'm doing well. Very excited for today. Yeah, so Billy is one of the core organizers uh, for the uh, Starbucks union uh, over at Maple Street. Uh, there's, we've talked about this a lot on the show. Uh, there are there are uh, Starbucks stores popping up all across the country, and uh, Billy is uh, one of the first, well, as the first one in the city of New Orleans. So how you doing, Billy? I mean, aside from being fired, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, you know, I'm doing fine. Yeah, that will put a damper on your day, I guess yeah. you could say. Um, we're going to talk in just a minute about uh, the sort of some of the Starbucks organizing campaign. But before we do that, I cannot go on with today's show without addressing the shooting that took place in uh, Uvalde. I don't want to be like one of those people that are opportunist and like jump onto this and make a big deal about it or whatever. But I do think that considering how these things get talked about and what kind of, you know, how these things happen. So first off, I got to talk about how the cops lied for like almost three or four days um, about the situation of saying that the school, uh, the, the shooter had plate armor one minute, they didn't have armor the other minute, um, and, and keep framing the situation like they were, they were like superheroes or whatever in the situation when at, in reality what the, what the situation was was they, <laughs> they, they basically did not go into the school for over an hour and they were actually preventing parents from going into the school, tasing parents, handcuffing parents, um, to, 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 to maintain a perimeter or around the school, but not allowing, not, not doing anything about the shooting and, 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 and allowing that to happen for over an hour. And they lied about this multiple times. That's like flies in the face of that, uh, you know, life, that, like, that thing that they kind of like always tell you is that one the cops are like more cops make you more safe. Obviously not the case. Two, um, the good guy with a gun stopping the bad guy with a gun. That didn't happen either. There was a school. Well, maybe there was a school resource officer out there or not, but definitely people had like the cops had engaged with this person at some level and basically let him run into the school. So that is disastrous. And um, that's that's the one thing I wanted to talk about. And then the second one, really quickly. So so I just wanted to say that, that again, another lie that's completely exposed for everybody to see. Uh, two, that the answer that some of these people are uh, providing, especially people like Ted Cruz, trigger warning Ted Cruz, um, is that we need more guns and weapons in schools and that we need more cops and more resource officers when the primary thing that happens when you add cops and resource officers to schools is criminalization of, of children, uh, more suspensions, more arrests of children. And you, again, as evidenced by what happened in Uvalde, doesn't make the school safer. So I don't know if you wanted to say anything about that, Billy, but it's just like a really horrible situation and obviously like the families of the people in Uvalde are like like 
obviously, you know, hearts are, you know, hearts with them. But like the stuff that happens makes me so mad. I'm so angry. Yeah. I mean, as a person who lives in the United States, it also makes me very angry um, to think that, you know, I'm only 22 and 10, 15 years ago, this, I mean, I guess Sandy Hook, I don't remember when exactly that was, but you know, when I was in middle school and elementary, I didn't have to worry about school shootings. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> I just had to worry about what color crayon I was going to eat next. Yeah. Yeah. Which tasted the best, by the way? Uh, purple. Purple tasted the best? Yeah. Okay. Tastes like grapes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I don't want to linger on this for too long because I can just like like go on and spiral about this and, and, and make myself very upset. And also that's not why I brought Billy on the show. Billy, uh, I wanted to talk to you about uh, organizing Starbucks. So first, can you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself, a little bit of your background? Yeah, so my name is Billy Nix. I'm 22. I have worked with Star or worked for Starbucks for um, about three years <coughs> now. I took a little break during COVID because the way that they were treating you know, us, and not just Starbucks, but the general public, the way that we were being treated mm -hmm. during that time was just far too much for me to handle. But yeah, um, as far as organizing goes, I had literally no experience in organization, mm -hmm. no experience with the unions at all. And I kind of just got with a couple of my friends that I work with and said, you want to do this? And they were like, I kind of want to do this. So, you know, we started doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot easier than most people think. It seems really daunting. And there is a lot of there is a lot of work that goes into it. But really, if you have the community in your store or if if you have people that are uniting over a common goal, it's a lot easier than you think. Mm -hmm. And and so, um I guess when uh this was all sort of starting up, this sort of dovetailed you, you this is the first store in new orleans to, to be organizing but there's a national uh movement for starbucks workers to uh get you know get you know get represented by a union to get to fight for better working conditions on the job um when you're seeing that happen like how does how do how did you interact with that when you start to see with that like 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 does that make the conversations easier with your coworkers? Does that uh, sort like I guess maybe explain that a little bit? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I feel like we were definitely inspired a lot by what was happening in Buffalo. You know, we saw that it was done, and it was done successfully. Obviously, they had a lot of pushback, but they prevailed and they won their union, and we're seeing. You know, I want to say yesterday was the 100th union um, Starbucks store to unionize, and it was in Seattle, of all places. Yeah, right in the, uh, in the belly of the beast. Yeah, so it's just been really awesome to see all these other people winning, and, you know, I've always had confidence from the beginning that we were going to win, mm -hmm. because I have faith in everybody that I work with. Everybody's been super supportive, um, and it's really just convincing everyone else that you know we're gonna do this we're gonna win and it's gonna be better uh, and we really don't have anything to worry about as long as we you know don't bend to the corporate pressure that mm -hmm. they're putting on us which is insane by the way I don't know if you 
if anyone's been in a Starbucks in New Orleans lately, but it's nuts. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like what the pressure, because I mean, we can, <coughs> excuse me, um, like organizations like More Perfect Union on, on Twitter and, and journalists got like that have been leaking some of the like, I guess, meetings that Howard Schultz would be, you know, con, con, uh, holding with, um, holding with, I guess, management and uh, like straight up like union busting, talking about how unions are like alien to um, alien or like outside forces coming yeah. in and like like messing up the perfect relationship that Starbucks management has with their workers and things like that. But like, I mean, obviously management you, even at the local level is, is going to see that. How is that sort of manifesting and how are you how are you seeing them respond to that kind of stuff and, 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 and you organizing on the job? Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but the the culture of management at Starbucks is very much like a, you know, brainwashed sort of, you know, Starbucks is perfect. Starbucks, uh, they treat their employees great. Everyone's having a great time at Starbucks. There are no problems at all. Sounds like a cult. And yeah, it's, <laughs> it's definitely a cult mentality among uh, Starbucks management. And there are, you know, good people in there that want hmm. to see... Um, their employees happy but the general consensus or at least in my experience is that management is heavily anti-union and heavily anti you know giving partners a say on the job mm -hmm. most people bring their frustrations to management and it's just brushed off mm -hmm. um, but yeah it's been they've had a lot of you know managers telling uh, people to be on the lookout for these union people. You know, I, we did some outreach for the barbecue recently and we went to a store and we definitely felt like maybe we, you know, our presence wasn't welcome in that store. And it was probably just that, you know, the workers had been warned about us, <laughs> which They're is crazy because we, we just want to welcome everybody with open arms. I just want everyone to come to this barbecue and eat good food and play water balloons. Yeah, know? exactly. So, yeah. So there's I mean, that sounds like there's doing a lot of like front end inoculation on on oh, workers yeah, to sure. essentially make make them ready to ready to sort of respond negatively and, and putting ideas, like poisoning the well in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in terms of your uh, experience in this situation, um, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that you'd, you'd, been, you'd been fired. Yeah. Uh, what happened there? Uh, what's going on uh, with that? So uh, they, they fired me for closing my store early. And I should mention that I only closed the store like three hours early. Mm -hmm. um, it seems like a little bit of overkill for them to fire me over that um and it's something that people have done in our district before with no repercussions mm -hmm. but they decided to single me out and fire me over it because i am you know the most vocal union leader in the city right now uh and i'd like that to change i would love for more people to be open about the union and vocal about it um you know, come to this barbecue tonight. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Yeah, we, well, um, just to, so that folks know, um, I wanted—I did want to do a quick uh, community invite to a barbecue that we have, and we'll mention it again at the bottom of the show. Uh, there is a barbecue happening. Can you just tell folks about it? Yeah, so we are having a starbecue uh, 
barbecue party for Starbucks workers and supporters. It'll be at 4 p.m. in City Park at the Reunion Shelter. Everyone's welcome. Um, I know on the flyer, if anyone's seen it, I said that there were shirts and t-shirts. Unfortunately, they did not come in yet, but I can always take everyone's name and contact down for that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just going to be a really great time. You know, BYOB. um, It's going to be chill. Bring your kids. I mean, we're going to make sure that it doesn't get too rowdy, Mm -hmm. but hopefully, you know, this is New Orleans. (laughs) It's going to be, it's be fine. We know how to, we know how to handle ourselves around here. You know, you know how it goes. Um, so I guess just, uh, to continue the conversation, just talk about uh, when you see, uh, Starbucks, you know, organizing happening nationwide. <coughs> and, and first off, you're not the only one that's been fired. Um, obviously, uh, we, we have been actually in contact with, uh, Layla Dalton, who is, who was fired at, at, at her store. Yeah. Uh, and there's, uh, what the Memphis seven, uh, pe- seven people who are who are fired from Starbucks for for basically for seven union leaders. Um, do, have you been like? How, how does that make you feel? Like knowing that you're not alone in that sort of situation? I guess you could say. Um, well, there's definitely a solidarity there. Um, Layla's been doing some great work connecting the people that have been fired, mm-hmm. um, and it's really just great to see everybody else's story mm-hmm. and to know that you know there's somebody that's had this experience that I can talk to mm-hmm. um, because there's not a lot of people um, at least not in Starbucks that I know in this area that have had the same experience mm-hmm. as me uh, if any at all so it's really great to connect with them and you know we all have our own issues um, there's definitely some you know some some trouble that comes with being fired from your job and then suddenly having to figure out what you're going to do. But at the same time, you want to keep driving this organizing movement. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're trying to decide if you're going to, you know, split your time between trying to find another job or if you want to keep fighting for your job. It's just definitely a struggle. And it's something that Starbucks really doesn't take into consideration. It's crazy how they say all the time how much that they're for partners but as soon as partners you know get some kind of voice they're like no it's, screw you guys yeah they want they want they're, yeah. they're for partners to be atomized and deal with them one-on-one yeah. is what they want right exactly they're they, they're cool with partners until they organize yeah they're they're cool with partners being like because i mean again just to go back to the sort of like the language of um, the union being outside sort of thing. It's like anything but. The union is literally the workers. They're just on the same page and negotiating as a unit. They want a contract. They want protections on the job. They want better working conditions. They want better pay. They want... um, uh, They want... (laughs) <laughs> benefits. They want health insurance and, and, yeah. and things like that. I'm not exactly sure what the situation is there. I'm not sure if y'all have in, insurance or whatever. Um, we do, but it's not like, it's not the best insurance. Mm-hmm. It's, I, th- I want to say the cheapest tier is like $20 and it doesn't even cover like any kind of dental or vision. Yeah. It's like one of those plans where you have a, you know, 
ins- insanely high deductible and yeah. you, you know, every cost of medicine and things like that's not really covered in, this, in those kind of ways. Yeah. Co-pays are really high. Um, yeah, I just use state insurance because I qualify for it. I don't even Medicaid. bother with the Starbucks insurance. Oh, you mean like on the exchanges? It's better. Yeah. Mm, mm. Well, I, I have Medicaid. As, oh, Medicaid. As that's even better. Worker, that's even better. You know, I don't, I don't really pay for anything that's good. as far as health care goes. Yeah, Medicaid is great, isn't it? I love Medicaid. Oh, my gosh. After they did that expansion, um, a lot of people qualify and... I think it's worth for everyone to look into it because it is really great insurance. Not going to lie. Okay. Um, just uh, sort of um, you know, move the conversation kind of going forward. Um, can you just talk about some of the experience that it took when, like, what was it like when you were, start, were first starting talking to your coworkers uh, and, and uh, how did that kind of go um, and, and, and what was going on sort of at the, uh, in, on the site? Yeah, so, um, well, at the store on Maple, we're definitely a really close-knit group of people. We all, you know, love each other and support each other. And we experienced the same issue where around Mardi Gras they cut our hours. And it was just the absolute worst time to do that. And that's when we started getting serious about talking about this, you know. Uh We would joke before, like... Yeah, let's unionize or something like this. But uh, after Mardi Gras and all the things that happened then... um, What happened at Mardi Gras? You know, them cutting our hours. And then, you know, Starbucks doesn't have tipping on credit card machines. Mm -hmm. So people were coming in and we were seeing insane business. So they cut your hours during the busiest time of the year. Yeah. And then we also, like... We can only take cash chips, mm-hmm. and people are saving their cash for Mardi Gras festivities because mm-hmm. most of the things only take cash. So um, one of my partners said that she was on register for like an hour, and within that hour, they got 57 cents in tips, and it was from a person who had spent like $100. And it was just really irritating that we were, you know, getting, for lack of a better word, screwed, um, by both customers and corporate at the same time. And during our, so we had just so much stress on our shoulders during that time. It was so irritating. Mm-hmm. And then after that's when I started having these one-on-one conversations with my coworkers and the general consensus was in support of a union. So I, um, actually met a really good friend, um, at the library whenever I went to go um, print out our union cards. And he showed me a lot of really cool resources and, you know, put me in contact with other organizers in the city. Um, And they've been really supportive over there. Is that who I think it is at the library? Lee. Yeah, Lee. (laughs) We love Lee. Yeah, I love Lee. Um, He's been just incredibly supportive this whole time. but, you know, I learned a lot from him because, like I said, I had absolutely no organization or union experience before I started doing this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting to meet him and learning from him and the people that he put me in contact with definitely drove the the drive forward because I was kind of just making it up step by step. I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll 
print these cards and I'll have you sign them and then I guess I'll bring the cards to the NLRB office and turns out they don't even like let you go in the office anymore. You have to have an appointment for COVID reasons. Yeah. So uh, it was, so it's, it was it's a, it's a not an, learning it's, experience. It's not an easy process to uh to go through really i mean you definitely do need to have some kind of guidance and support or you just need to be willing to like learn the hard way but guidance and support is definitely like the best way to go yeah i mean luckily after i got the card signed i was able to finally get in touch with starbucks workers united and they kind of took over the legal side from Mm -hmm. there so their lawyers put in the petition for us and They've been handling pretty much everything on the National Labor Board side Mm -hmm. of things. And my job after that was just to make sure that everybody, you know, was still pumped about the fight and, you know, wasn't being broken down. Because people, after we petitioned, the workload that we were given, it was almost like it was the same amount of work, but it seemed like we were getting busier and busier. And part of that was us being like, hey, come into Starbucks and show your support. So we were getting a lot of business that way. And it was really great to see everybody, but it did put an extra strain on us because we are so short staffed. Mm -hmm. So it was just making sure that people weren't completely breaking down and just quitting. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I mean, that seems to be the strategy also from management sometimes is work you to your absolute breaking point until you just fall off. And then, you know, all union supporters would be, <coughs> excuse me, they would be um, not there anymore and they would be replaced by, you know, new workers who are, you know, not brought into that sort of situation. And management often gets first dibs when it's, when it's talking to people and they yeah. would have these you know, meetings with them and basically try and make them turn into no's. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same strategy, like, in almost any industry. I've worked with some people that work in the Amazon warehouse, and the way that they treat their workers there is just so appalling to me. And the people that are organizing and working at Amazon at the same time are literal gods in my eyes because how can you do the work of organizing and Mm -hmm. also do this incredibly taxing job Mm -hmm. and it's it's hard to keep your it's hard to keep high spirits especially when management or corporate is trying so hard to bring it was such a huge unit up there um one of the things, by the way, that uh, that Chris Smalls, the the president of the ALU, uh, said, um, was that that got them um, worker like workers to show up and, and and do this kind of things was was barbecues and they would grill for you know cook for people at the union meetings and that that. that got people in the door at least and then they could have the conversations yeah so. everyone loves free food i mean i love free food i sure do uh, <laughs> and i love water balloons and mm-hmm. i'm really stoked to see everybody out there at the barbecue tonight mm-hmm. yeah uh so um just to kind of like move things forward as uh, so when you talk to your your co-workers about this kind of stuff do they are they like as aware as you are of the nationwide project or is this something oh that yeah you- absolutely um definitely people are seeing what's going on 
for if anything, I'm sharing it on our social media. All of the victories, I share them because I want everyone to see. You know. Oh, y'all have social media? Where could you yeah, so you can, um, you can follow Starbucks Workers, um, Maple, it's SB Workers Maple Street mm-hmm. um, on Instagram. And there I share a lot of pro-union you know, stuff. Memes, lots of memes. Lots of memes, yeah. <laughs> and updates on, you know, our unionization effort, which, by the way, our vote is going to be June 3rd and 4th. Yeah. So. Two days. Coming up. Coming yeah, up so quickly. definitely, like, show your support for these folks. Uh, we actually held, uh, I was a part of a, a sip-in. Uh, with some of you folks out there uh, last week, too. Uh, I, m- my friend Manny uh, and a lot of other folks from, from Democratic Socialists of New Orleans uh, and uh, also some other folks, just some, some folks that I didn't even know showed up there. Uh, it was really great. You want to talk about that a little bit and talk about what sip-ins are? Yeah, so a sip-in is a way for people to show their solidarity with unionizing stores. So essentially you come in, you order a Union Strong drink, or if you don't want to support Starbucks, you don't order a drink. <laughs> um, you can bring signs to hold up or maybe hold up your fist. We do some chants sometimes. The general idea is to not disrupt business because then they have a legitimate reason to kick you out Right. if manager is on site. But... Uh, we do this just to show support for the people behind the counter mm-hmm. to know, you know, p- people have your back. If push comes to shove and you get fired, you know, wink, wink, um, people have your back. And it's mm-hmm. been really great, the kind of support that I've received. Um, from Can you talk people. about that? Yeah, uh, it's been amazing. People, you know, it's hard being raised, you know, rural southern asking for help isn't my forte um so people have just been offering their help and you know going out of their way to help me out and it's been really incredible mm-hmm. to see people coming what kind of ways around. have they helped you out um i i did open up my venmo and cash app to help me cover rent which it's amazing i have enough money to pay my rent now yay, uh, yay. so don't don't send me any more money. If you're gonna send any money to anyone, um, donate at the barbecue tonight <laughs> so we can fund that. Uh, I'm good there. But and just kind words too. Honestly, the community telling me, you know, your work is important. You're inspiring us all. It's it's really great mm-hmm. to hear those things from people. Yeah, and <laughs> what like I think it was a day or two after you were fired, uh, we met up. That's where we met, and and I actually ended up bringing you to the, the labor CLC. council meeting, yeah. and, and it was it was really interesting seeing some of those folks just like, like like Tiger Ham and you know the uh, president of the CLC was like really, <laughs> yeah, really really like really nice supportive. and supportive, and he he uh, he asked you if you like wanted a job or if you wanted to continue your 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 thing your your your, your um, union drive, and you said you wanted to continue the union drive, and he was like very tickled by that. Yeah, you know? he loved it. <laughs> Tiger's great. He's uh, really supportive. It was really cool to be in that space and uh, meet, meet with the labor community, right? Yeah, meet the labor community and people that have more experience mm-hmm. in this than I do. Mm-hmm. And to see that they had respect for and 
were somewhat inspired by what I was doing. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like an inspiration to myself. Yeah. And, and who are the, some of the other folks that were, uh, like other groups, I guess you could say, that were supportive? Uh, we mentioned DSA. We mentioned, well, did we mention Step Up? Uh, we did not, but Step Up has been great. Uh-huh. Uh, and they're doing really great uh, work for the dollar store employees right now you should check out like their socials and stuff yeah they recently went and picketed a shareholders meeting um if you've ever gone into a starbucks or not a starbucks a dollar store in your life i mean it's very obvious the working conditions that they're under not great they have like one or two people in the store at all times Mm -hmm. if they're lucky yeah if they're lucky you know yeah, the one by my house, the dollar store right by my house, um, whenever I go in there, I mean, it's like one person. They, they, there's allegedly two people there, but they never know where the other person is. Um, there, There's like a line of like 20 people like going back. And, you know, there's always somebody, sometimes it's me, that needs to get like a gas exchange for their, you know, the propane exchange <laughs> and and they just like have to wait the entire time while yeah while this line goes down or, or whatever it's really really um it's a stressful place to go as a customer so i imagine yeah. it's like worse as a as a worker <laughs> yeah it's so funny to me how corporate they you know they're always like oh we love customers we want to put customers first but when you are not putting your employees first inherently mm-hmm. you're not putting your yeah. customers first because your employees are the ones that directly um you know talk to interact with these yeah. customers that's where the and, interface takes place yeah so like if your employee is having a horrible experience at work chances are it's going to rub off yeah and your customer is going to have a horrible experience exactly in your store Exactly. And like, I don't know. Um, I, I try not to like fall too, too much into the like, like that is true. I like the 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 what you're saying is true that the interface like like your like the customer experience for um, the workers is based on the. Um, basically the conditions that the workers are going through. So, you know, happy workers equals happy customers. At the same time, I also, like, get a little bit, like, not always super comfortable with that kind of line of reasoning because it's not that it's not true, but and, 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 and we hear that a lot in, in education, too, with, like, uh, our working conditions are your students' learning conditions, stuff like that. Um, but I guess maybe I could pick your brain about this, too. Like, also you deserve like a good life not just because you can make customers yeah, happy exactly. you, de- you deserve to get paid well for the job that you're doing and yeah. able to survive on that too you know what i mean yeah, i don't I know what do you think about that that reasoning out to like it's like a jujitsu reasoning it's trying it's just strategic reasoning get into the head of corporate like yeah. trying to show the fallacies in their own reasoning yeah totally yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and that's sort of like, it's always good for me at least to have that, have it perspective, per, per, perspectivized in that specific way. Yeah. Just because like, you know, it, 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 and obviously like workers don't want customers to have a bad experience because I mean, yeah. obviously, um, obviously if that means that, you know, the business or whatever is going to dry up, that means they're going to lose their jobs and things are going to get worse. But like, yeah, it, it's just something that like, I, I like when I hear that, 
I kind of like want to like 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 the record scratches a little bit in yeah. my brain, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely like at Starbucks, um a, a lot of the customer, you know, you just have to be in Starbucks for 5 minutes to realize that it's really gone done, gone downhill since it started, you know, with the Uber deliveries and the mobiles. It really takes Ooh, away yeah. from the customer experience in the store. And I don't get any joy out of serving someone their beverage 20 minutes after they ordered it. Yeah. Like, I want to be able to give you your drink as soon as you walk in. Yeah. But realistically, with the amount of work that I have to do behind the counter and the amount of staff that I have, it's I can't do it if I've, I'm getting Uber deliveries. Uh, like 20 of Can you talk about how that works, like the Uber deliveries? Yeah, so it comes through the same ticket machine as mobile orders. So if you're frustrated that your drink is not coming out on time because you ordered it 20 minutes ago on mobile order, um, chances are some jerk ahead of you ordered 15 tall iced coffees through delivery, and they're probably not going to come and pick it up for another 20 minutes. But I still have to make them, right. and I, you know, a lot of times if we do, if we're very busy, we'll put the deliveries to the side mm -hmm. and make them when they come in. But if there's such a huge order like that, you kind of have to have it ready when they come in, because mm -hmm. otherwise they're going to be sitting in the lobby for 15 minutes just waiting for you to finish drinks. And it does create like a backup yeah. in the orders when you're putting orders aside to make more orders. It's just... We got orders coming from every direction. Every direction. You're coming at you from all sides. And plus, like, the drive-through line, at, the, at least at the store by me, uh, oh, yeah. it's such a long line. <laughs> it takes you 30 minutes to get through it. And then, you know, it's got to be at least in part because of what you're talking about. I mean. Yeah. And the fact that they have Uber deliveries <coughs> and, like, mobile orders at drive-through stores, it's like, do we really need that extra line of revenue? Yeah. I feel like we're getting enough business already. Yeah. And you don't get paid anymore for that. Mm -mm. You don't get paid a nickel more. We don't get paid any more for that, and we don't get any tips on the deliveries, which people are always surprised when they learn that. And it's like, no, your tips actually go to the driver, which mm -hmm. kudos to these drivers, too. That ain't an easy job. Yeah, that's insane, too. Workers they need a union, too. Workers. Everybody needs a union. Uh, but, yeah, it's just so much business that we have to deal with, and we're getting crumbs from management. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and on the sort of crumbs from management side, I mean, it's not like Star... So, so as far as pay from Starbucks, we had this conversation uh, before. They don't pay very well either, right? Yeah, so um, as a shift lead, I was making fifteen twenty four. I think the base pay uh, for baristas is twelve ninety four. And if you think about, you know, how successful Starbucks is as a company and how much business that, you know, even a single store drums up, mm -hmm. um, it's not to mention the national level profits that they make corporately. Yeah. Like even our store. Um, before I was fired, you know, every single day our business was growing. We were getting mm -hmm. more and more business every day. And every day we were like, we need more people on the schedule. Yeah. 
And they're like, uh, no, I don't think you do, though. <laughs> yeah, short-staffed and underpaid. I guess because it makes that number look better That uh, for, for, like, a manager. they Yeah, and that's part of it is managers do get incentives for, you know, not putting in work orders or, you know, being under on their labor quote like you are given a certain amount of labor and if you're under it managers will get a bonus for that right and nobody sees the problem with that like, no yeah i mean it's it's uh, the classic model of you know i mean it's it's the entire logic of capitalism of you know eliminate the inputs and maximize the output so essentially yeah. the only way you can do that if i mean this is where workers and management are at odds right the only way that management can you know add in that multiplier uh is by juicing the workers by by putting more on them yeah. and giving them less like like labor costs is is where they they that that's where the value of everything at Starbucks or every any corporation, yeah. any business comes from is labor. All all wealth is created by labor. Yeah. So like when they cut our hours for Mardi Gras, the excuse that we were given was that they were spending too much money on labor, mm -hmm. and I was like, that's insane. Like, how can you spend too much labor? Labor is what makes profit. Mm -hmm. You're listening to WHIVLP New Orleans 102.3. I was really getting into it. I'm a little bit late on my uh, station ID, so sorry. Uh, but um, Martha Algera, the host of La Rola Nola uh, at 4 o'clock. You should check that out. Uh, La Rola Nola highlights New Orleans and Latin music using intersectionality of music, activism, and commentary for immigrant justice. She also messaged me today. Um, and I wanted to, to, to invite people to come to this event as well. She's done work uh, for, for gun safety and gun advocacy um, here in New Orleans and, and in other places. Uh, she wanted to invite folks to come out to a... Oh, come on now. My phone's not uh, loading up. It's a Mourn the Dead Fight for the Living Vigil. Um, it is at the New Orleans Museum of Art at 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, tonight. Uh, go ahead and uh, check that out. Just to sort of like um, call back a little bit of what we talked about at the top of the hour. Um, but anyway, uh, just to kind of like continue the Starbucks conversation, um, like, like yeah, all wealth is created by labor, and and management is just like, like 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 squeezing as much as y'all out of it, and and in a lot of senses, again, that's the incentive, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I remember at another store that I worked at, um, what was it that she was getting bonuses for? I think it was labor, like cutting down on labor. Cause this is even before Buffalo Starbucks has had, um, labor and scheduling issues mm -hmm. where they really try to work with as much a bare bones staff as they can. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a strain on the workers that are there mm -hmm. and it's completely unnecessary yeah and and it, yeah it only benefits one side of this this sort of like operation because again Starbucks isn't doing this because they need to keep the lights on yeah. they're they're doing this because they want to juice that profit number uh, and also um, you know their share their shareholders prices are going to go up as well. Um, yeah. For you know, stock and all the other things. <coughs> Excuse me. It's just it's just a system that 
has like and again without a union without united workers fighting for their own conditions fighting for their own um fighting for their own benefits on this job they're just going to get completely steamrolled one-on-one yeah i don't know i just the way that corporate america is is so disheartening to me every single day i look at it and it's like everything is messed up mm-hmm. why is everything so bad and it's because people are letting corporate walk all over them mm-hmm. when people use their voice and when people come together that's when you know it honestly if we could just unite the world to stop business for one day mm-hmm. or even one hour it i guarantee it would scare the pants off of every business executive in the world they'd be like oh my gosh those workers are organizing <laughs> we gotta do something about this but yeah yeah definitely when you organize you have more power that way mm-hmm. and like uh, unfortunately in the way that i see people like like tend to think about this like the idea of like a general strike and something like that um, like that would be awesome to happen and that would be great to happen. The problem I find that comes along with that sort of like when people, not you, but like, like when, when people will like talk about the general strike is on, you know, May Day this year yeah. or whatever, like they'll basically like announce it on social media or something like that. Yeah. And like, it, it just can't work out that way. There needs to be like a, a large scale huge scale all economy encompassing scale of organization to make that happen and it's like that is going to include and 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 you know the way a lot of like people that are like like super lefty or whatever will say is like that'll have to include the like corrupt business unions or whatever the hell you know that's gonna have to be like like it would it has to be bringing every single worker and all of their representation into this into this movement, and, and I'm not saying it's not possible, it's, but it's, it's gonna it's it's, it's a heavy task. lift, and it's not gonna be it's not gonna be accomplished by like making a Facebook event, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every year they talk about shutting down Mardi Gras. Yeah. But realistically, if we want to do that, we need to be working year round. Yeah. Plant those seeds in workplaces of strong union leaders building strong union communities mm-hmm. uh, and so that way when Mardi Gras does roll around we're all on the same page yeah and if um if like a minority of people is able to like shut down a parade or something like that people would likely get mad at them you know what yeah, I mean exactly. like you would need to have people on board on the front end for it to happen you, and I could see that sort of thing if it's not um if it's not appropriately sort of like framed yeah. and if it's not appropriately organized, like backfiring hugely. Oh, yeah. Obvi- uh, especially, you know, with the tourism, because, mm-hmm. you know, I've only I've only lived in New Orleans for um, nearing on two years now. Uh, I had my first Mardi Gras in the city this year. It's fun, and, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's oh, my goodness. Just two straight weeks of. Not knowing what's going on. <laughs> I, I only live like a couple blocks away from the from St. Charles, so yeah. it, it was pretty easy for me to attend all of the uptown parades. Um, but yeah, definitely the attitude of tourists would 
really affect if we had oh. a strike because you know what i'm not even worried about them yeah well i mean they would definitely we're we're not worried about it of course because we live here and yeah. we deal with these issues every day but tourism is such a huge mm. driving factor in this city that you know angering them they would come back they, obviously they mm -hmm. come back because <laughs> it's new orleans ah, party city yeah. um but yeah I, I can see it backfiring in the way of tourists being like oh my god mardi gras this year sucked they all went on strike <laughs> it's like no mardi gras this year was actually awesome. really awesome yeah yeah i know i would i, I would make i would be hilarious yeah. like tourists complain no matter what yeah exactly <laughs> uh, anyway um just to kind of like think about this kind of like moving forward and like like I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine and uh apparently a one a bar i think it was like troubadour uh, like a restaurant bar troubadour uh had like a wildcat strike yesterday too uh there's a lot of stuff going on i'm, I'm gonna have uh a buddy of mine grant uh who's who was a part of this i'm gonna have him on and talk about it as well but it does seem like over the past couple of years um, that workers have been fighting back. It's, it was, a, um, it was a, a big, like a lot of us got kicked right up in the teeth when, it, when, it, when, when COVID happened. And I think, you know, at some point or at some level, especially with like, you know, the great resignation that happened over the, over the course of COVID, people, uh, workers have at least come to the, you know, come to the realization that we have more power than we think that we do. We have more leverage than we think that we do because, I mean, if you remember, you know, a year ago, you know, this rest, this restaurant, please excuse ticket times at this restaurant because yeah. uh, nobody wants to work anymore or whatever. It's like, yeah, no, of course, because yeah, you're not paying enough money. Nobody wants to work in a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, nobody wants to work in a pandemic um for the amount that you're paying exactly. or for the conditions that we have to deal with it's harder to work right now you know with the you know with the mass protocols and with with you know huge crowds of un and under being understaffed and things that you were talking about at yeah. starbucks it's not just happening at starbucks it's happening in other places as well amazon as you mentioned earlier is another another example of you know chris smalls um when he uh, first started pushing back against um, uh, Amazon, he was doing so because of safety violations that Amazon yeah. was doing. Like workers are, are understanding and realizing that that uh, that the, their boss and their, their their jobs are not always looking out for them in their best interest. Yeah, I mean, you know, the pandemic, obviously, this has been really traumatic and really horrible for everyone on in the world. Totally. Um, as a as a disabled person, I lived in fear for, you know, the first year and a half until vaccines came out. And even then, I was still pretty, pretty terrified that if I got COVID, I was going to literally die. I thought I was not going to make it to 22. Yeah. No lies. That's I mean, yeah. It was scary. You're not the only really person scary. that thought that either. Um, so many people that think that. And then, so like... I was working at Starbucks at the time, and they offered a 30-day leave of absence, um, or you could um, leave with uh, two weeks of pay. 
So I, of course, wanted to go back to my job at some point, so I took the leave of absence. And during that time, they were paying the people that were still there hazard pay. When I got back, I want to say I was paid hazard pay for maybe two days, <laughs> and then they got rid of it. As soon as, as soon as people started coming back, they were like, okay, we don't need to yeah. pay these people extra anymore. They're back. Yeah, they're back. We don't need to keep paying them extra anymore. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. And Meanwhile, we still didn't have any vaccines, so right. it was still really terrifying, terrifying yeah. to work there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I, uh, I, I, like, I, I think about this a lot. Like, like, I'm a teacher myself, and, like, for the end of, like, when COVID hit, and all the way up until the following um, August, basically teachers didn't have to be in the building. But you know who did were the custodial staff and a lot of like the really like people that get paid the least. Yeah. Those are like the most essential workers. I've talked about this on the show way too much, but like those are like the most essential workers too in a lot of these types yeah. of situations. And, and, and they get paid the least and they get kicked in the teeth and they have the least representation. Uh, it, it, it's really terrible how, how that works out, you know? Yeah, and it's definitely been eye-opening to see just who is deemed, you know, more, more valuable or more necessary to work. Um, you know, the whole time during this pandemic, we've been told, oh, you're essential workers, you're amazing. We, mm -hmm. You know, we couldn't run without you. Well, then pay us like it, you <laughs> yeah. know? We yeah. can't keep doing this if we're making crumbs. Yeah. We're going to have to get another job that pays better. And the whole situation where people were like, oh, if you hate your fast food job so much, then go work somewhere else. But those same people are still in the drive-thru every day. Yeah. So you want a cheeseburger, but you don't want the person who made your cheeseburger to be able to pay their rent. Like, is that what you're telling me right now? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and, and we talked about this uh, as well in, in one of our conversations in the past, like the entire idea of like a starter job or like a job that you do during school is in place basically just to keep that job's wages down. Like, yeah. like those same people that are supposed to be working like a side college, like a side job in, in high school or whatever, like... <laughs> Like, they're the people that are also essential workers. It doesn't track. Yeah. It doesn't make workers sense. Workers are workers are workers. Yeah. Like, everyone should be compensated mm -hmm. fairly for their work. And the idea that, you know, McDonald's and Burger King, these <coughs> are all um, starter jobs that you don't stick with. Mm -hmm. In the majority of the cases that I've experienced, the people that work there have worked there for so many years, mm -hmm. they've stuck with it, and they're not rewarded for that at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I worked fast food jobs. I worked service industry jobs uh, in the past, and and, and again, uh, I mentioned like restaurants would have out signs that uh, say like nobody wants to work anymore. Well, guess what? You still pay servers two thirteen an hour in America. Yeah. I mean, like that's probably part of your problem here. Yeah. Like, like, like obviously they get tips and stuff like that. Um, but is that juice worth the squeeze? Is that base baseline enough to keep them coming in? And the answer is obviously no. Yeah. Honestly, I have to pay my respects <coughs> to, you know, servers, um, 
waitresses because not having the security of a regular paycheck is incredibly terrifying, in my opinion. Um, to have to rely on the decency of others to be able to pay your bills. Mm-hmm. It's the same as, like, you know, giving the homeless person on the street a couple dollars. Like, mm-hmm. that person is relying on the decency of other people to continue living in this society. And it's just to look at how much wealth we have in America mm-hmm. and how much disease, how much, you know, homelessness, um, violence, all these things that are happening. And it's purely uh, rooted in greed. Yeah. I mean, the wealthiest people in America got significantly wealthier during COVID. People like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos made billions of dollars. In the midst of the uh, in the midst of the COVID pandemic, and it's just like and and I mean at the same time, people are forced not to work or for, or forced to make a decision of whether they want to work in pandemic conditions or quit their job or yeah. or, or things like that. It's really, really, it's really, really like uh, it, I mean, capitalism is a, des- a system designed to create and perpetuate inequality, and at some point. I mean, it's going to come all crashing down. Yeah. I mean, like, and that's not even, like, a moral uh, assessment. That is, like, this this, this cannot continue yeah, because it will, it will fall apart. Like a tower that's built, you know, like a Jenga tower that's, yeah. like, all just, like, you know, the one that's crossed one and the yeah. other one. It's going to come down at some point. Yeah, and I feel like the pandemic, even though it's been so traumatic and so horrible for the whole entire world it is the thing that is driving the the labor movement Mm -hmm. because people during the pandemic saw the way that they could have been treated and then as soon as vaccines came out and employers were like oh okay it's safe pandemic's over you know (laughs) pandemic's over you know, nothing to worry about now. They immediately stripped mm-hmm. away all those hazard pay benefits, all the sick time benefits. Mm-hmm. And that just goes to show that without a union, none of your rights are protected. Mm-hmm. They can take away any of these benefits that they give you at any time unless you have a union right there fighting to keep them. Yeah. Uh Pause for station ID real quick. Check out NOLA Nation. Uh, it's Fridays and Saturdays at 10 p.m. The backbone of 504 Mo Diddy sheds light on the hip-hop scene with insightful interviews and Louisiana hip-hop. NOLA Nation, Fridays and Saturdays, 10 p.m. exclusively on WHIVLP New Orleans. Um, one more time, can you just give us uh, the information on the barbecue uh, and any sort of, like, last thing you want to say on the way out? Yeah, so the barbecue is... Um in City Park this evening at 4 p.m. Uh, it'll be taking place at the Reunion Shelter. Mm-hmm. I want to say the address is 4 Fredericks Avenue. Yeah. Um, bring yourself, bring your beer, bring your friends, your kids. Everyone is welcome that wants to support workers. And we're happy to be there and talk to you and see you. And as well, you're, everyone's welcome to come and join in on the meme fest that is our Starbucks workers um, Instagram page, <laughs> Workers Maple Street. Um, 
we do have a premium meme curator. Uh, <laughs> Who does the memes? Uh, I do the memes. Uh, we do have a meme lord that works at Starbucks. A meme lord. <laughs> yeah, so he's not like publicly in sure. support of the union, but um, he. But he's a meme lord. Yeah, That's he, great. He is a meme lord, and he's he's been supplying the memes for the for the page. So it's been a lot of fun doing cool. that. All right, we got Red coming up next. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been Good Morning Comrade on WHIV LP New Orleans. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.